Gather round, one and all, and listen to tales of excitement and adventure. Tales of daring heroes, savage monsters, and bards who just couldn't keep it in their pants. Tales of friendship, nobility, drunken foolishness, and unforgettable fun. These are tales of role-playing games, fair listeners, and this is Rollin' Bones. My name is Ryan Howard, and I shall be your god. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and happy Labor Day. Welcome to Rollin' Bones with Ryan Howard, your source for the best in RPG interviews. I am your host and king of the boneheads, Ryan Howard, and we are joined tonight, ladies and gentlemen, by a returning guest. We last spoke to her a little over a year ago, back when uh, this, this post that she made on Reddit absolutely exploded, and we were introduced to this wonderful application called Crawler. Ladies and gentlemen, Crawler 2.0 is being worked on right now. New features are launching as we speak. Uh, So here to discuss Crawler 2.0 and everything that's transpired over the past year, Jackie Zanto Schwartz, welcome back. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm really glad to be back on. I can't believe it's already been a year. (laughs) Yeah, it, it seems like everything that I did on the podcast happened yesterday. Uh, so like there, there are people I talked to a year ago who I feel like I talked to a month ago. 2020 has been weird. Yeah. I can't believe it's September. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's wild to me. So yeah, definitely. Cool. Oh, and that's Barnacle, by the way. That's my dog. Oh, hey, Barnacle. <laughs> Let's see. At he's some point out, yeah. you might be able to see, actually, he's probably hidden by my shoulders. So if I turn... You can see Ronan in his usual Aww. spot. <laughs> he will he will stay there and he will very stubbornly try to sleep for the duration of the podcast. Luna's not in her perch. Usually she is. So I think we just got Barney for today. Gotcha. Well, Jackie, of course, you know, as we've already said a few times here, it's been a year since we last discussed Crawler and everything that you guys are working on. So so in the time that's transpired since then, what all has happened with the app? So since then, um, we have... So 2.0 has launched. Um, and in that time, we've grown. We have about another 10,000 members from when we last talked, which is super exciting. Um, during that time, I know last year, if you guys have been on the site, it was a lot more quiet than I wanted it to be. I didn't realize just how insane wedding planning would be. Um, I got married in October. We eloped, um, and that was its own thing. We went international, so it's a whole deal. Um, I didn't realize how much time would get kind of clogged up there, so lost a good chunk of last year to number of reasons. Won't go into any other of them, but um, coming out in June, we started working in more on the site and July started digging into 2.0. And so now what I'm excited about the most um, is we have introduced the map search function, which was like the number one thing we got last time when everybody came to the site 
and they were like, hey, I want to be able to see like a map that I can like drag around and see users in my area. Um, so I'm really excited. I was able to introduce that this time around. So that's really neat. Put in a game that you're looking for and kind of drag around. You can see it'll populate like who's in your area. Um, and on that note, we've expanded beyond just tabletop role-playing games. Um, we do have tabletop games in there as well. So if you mm -hmm. want to find somebody nearby who plays Betrayal, or I think someone put Jenga in there <laughs> as well, you can do that. Awesome. Yeah, that, I mean, that'll definitely kind of broaden the, uh, the audience, uh, even beyond people who, who play tabletops. While it is good that those of us who are, you know, specifically tabletop role players have a, a platform designed for us to be able to find our groups, unlike, as we discussed in our previous conversations, some of the stuff that you'd find on, uh, oh, now I, I can't remember the name of the, the, the group site. I think it's just called Groups or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, but the, there's been a lot of that. There's a lot of weirdness on Reddit. I know that I found some of my best friends in the world just by using r slash LFG, but I know mm -hmm. that is a very rare occurrence using Reddit. Typically, you, you don't find good groups that way. Uh, but it is cool that you can now not only look for a, you know, kind of long-term campaign group, but also... Theoretically, if it's a Friday night and you're looking for something to do, you can find a bunch of people who know how to play the board game you want to play and go hang out mm -hmm. with them. Yeah, exactly. And that's uh, Crawler at its core. I think we're always going to be tabletop role playing. Um, just that's what we started with. That's where we're coming in with. Um, but really, yeah, it is exciting to expand beyond it. Um, and you can also find people in different time zones. So knowing that a lot of people right now are quarantined or still just kind of limiting their exposure to other people. Um, we had a lot of requests for people who are like, hey, like, I don't want to, I can't play with someone down the street because I don't feel safe doing that. But I could play with someone, you know, online who's a couple states away or another, you know, neighboring country. So that was something I was also really happy to be able to bring in to kind of help it a little bit easier for people to make long distance connections as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Gotcha. Now, when it comes to uh, just just kind of going back to that first conversation we had, um, just to remind people kind of where this came from, if I'm not mistaken, this project was actually done for a graduate program. Is that is that correct? Correct. Yes, I did this as my grad school program. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the way that I encountered it and the way that I feel like the the majority of the initial user base encountered it was through a post that you made on, I believe, the D&D &D subreddit that just caught fire. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was that was my Hail Mary um, because <laughs> I told my professor that I would have 50 people test this thing out. I'm a, I was a business student, so it was really just showing like, hey, here's a case for why this business should exist. And then you just kind of have to have people try out your product. Basically, I needed 50 people to try it. And I think at the time I had like 15 people signed up and they were all my friends. Um, and it was due in like 10 days or something. And I was like, eh, 15 isn't we're close to 50. So it was actually the first I like created a Reddit account. I, my husband's big on it. I'd never been on. So I just created one. And I was the first post I ever made. And I was just like, I just need like 35 people to come try this thing out. And yeah, I think in 24 hours there, we got, I want to say it was about 10,000 signups. 
and we hit the front page of Reddit for a little bit, which was neat. And we were trending at number one in the D&D r slash D&D for one or two days. Um, it was super busy. We broke the mail thing. My like uh, host was calling me going, what the hell is happening? And I was like, I got my 50. So... <laughs> Absolutely. And then then we move on to one of the first lessons about application development, that being elasticity. Correct. Yes. Uh, I had like a growth plan, you know, I'd like written one out, we had to, but I didn't extend it that far, you Mm. know. So that was something that um, like I, I we had to like write back like our feedback on the class and I was like just stress to your students that they should come up with a something what are they going to do if things go 10 times better if it 10x's because it just might you need to be prepared because I was not prepared mm-hmm. <laughs> but made it through yeah I mean being someone who who's in kind of the IT field as a salesperson uh, one thing that I constantly encounter are, you know, people trying to plan for what happens when this explodes. And you see people who have very high expectations for their performance, higher than they probably should. Uh, but one one other problem that you can also run into is what, what we had here. Someone maybe not realizing what exactly they have on their hands or, you know, not thinking people are going to pay as much attention to this as, you know, maybe I think they are, and mm-hmm. suddenly everything blows up and maybe the the resources aren't there uh, for, yeah. for what you were doing. But as far as, you know, just running this as a platform and having a successful uh, and helpful RPG platform, uh, honestly, you, you have a great product here, and I, I will continue to say that. Uh, oh, thank to, you. I appreciate it. As, as this thing grows, it's, it really is... A valuable resource for a lot of people. Thank you, and um, we, I'm glad we've seen refreshed interest in the site. Because uh, as I mentioned last year, that was on me. I wasn't like I wasn't updating it nearly as much as I should. People could still go on, sign up, access it, but it had a lot of those like requests that people had made. I hadn't implemented them yet, so kind of hit a slump. Um, but then it kind of started circulating back around online. There was a tweet that was just like, there should be a Tinder for D&D, which is where <laughs> I got that line to use in the Reddit post a year ago. Mm-hmm. So that started circulating again, and people who remembered seeing the post on Reddit started mentioning us. And then I and I was already starting to work on 2.0 in the background, and then I was like, okay, I got to get this going. I got to get this out. So, yeah, so it, it's just a – I'm just glad eyes are getting back in on it people are coming in. It's really neat to see the map starting to populate with people in different countries. Like that's just, it's wild to me. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I mean, leaving aside all of the bad parts of current circumstances, and there are plenty, as I've already discussed uh, several times on the show, uh, this really is a good time to kind of build a platform where people are able to connect with each other uh, over, you know, whatever, Whatever methods they feel comfortable doing, and, you know, gaming is definitely a way to connect people, so it it honestly seems like the perfect storm for Crawler to come back and, uh, you know, have its 2.0 life cycle. I agree. Yeah, and that's something I've talked with a couple potential investors to grow this, and that was something that we talked about, because initially they were like, oh, it's all about, you know, meeting up in person and having paper, and, like, that's 
totally dead this year. I was like, no, like people online is really, I mean, explosive growth across the map. I, I can only imagine what like Roll 20s numbers are, D and D Beyond's numbers are, because um, yeah, people are people are taking up hobbies. I, I can't tell you many friends I know have started roller skating for no reason except that they have time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know a bunch of people who have also, you know, been like, hey, I've I've wanted to learn D and D, wanted to learn how to play a tabletop game. Might as well now. How do I do this? So, and that's that's an area that I really want to explore more. Not to to go off on a tangent, but um, yeah, there's a lot of opportunity really at home. People people miss each other and they miss having fun. Mm. Yeah, and and the notion of a session is anywhere from two hours at probably very shortest to. Um, God, I imagine some people play for six to eight hours at yeah. a time. That does not seem as daunting in these days where you, you have so much time to kill. Uh, yeah. So, th- I mean, this really can be a great moment for role-playing games to grow and expand and, you know, for the people who love this hobby to spread it on to people who have always been curious but maybe have never had the time. So, mm-hmm. again, Crawler is, is there to... to help those people out exactly yep and we've got a couple of won't go into details on it but we have a couple of new features that are also going to be rolling out in the next couple of weeks that i'm hoping will make the finding a party for like a campaign specifically easier putting together kind of a system to help out on that front so just as a sneak peek into what might be coming gotcha or what is coming just a little bit of time gotcha now you are very active on social media with this now now that things are kicking into high gear and and some of the kind of you know life stuff that got in the way of of working on crawler is is now kind of past you at this point you're you're very active on social media have you heard any success stories from people who have used crawler to to find their groups yes i have um there's one if you go on the landing page when you land there it's kind of down at the bottom but um his username's john fizzy he's one of the um, patreon supporters super great guy. He's from switzerland um and i will never forget when he like messaged me when he signed up to be a patron he was just like i've joined crawler and i was able to find a group in switzerland and it just i don't know it just blew my mind you know, like, cause I'm in Savannah, Georgia, you know, United mm. States down the South. Um, so that was just really neat. Uh, yeah, we've heard success stories from Australia. There's a lot of Australians who are into tabletop role-playing games as I've learned. Um, let's see another part. Really? I mean, Europe was way more into it than I thought. Like I knew that they, they, did. I was just, I was stunned. Um, so yeah, some really good stories coming out from people who have met others that they're able to just kind of consistently start gaming with, or at least just kind of take up, you know, chat, finding a friend too, as well can be kind of nice. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's cool that this is already getting some international attention. I don't know what any of the kind of role-playing culture is like anywhere, but really the Southern United States. I'm, I'm, in Tennessee, so I'm not too terribly mm-hmm. far away from from where you are, but you know the, it's cool that this is already catching on in international markets. There is a lot of love for role playing in in those markets. I I do know that mm-hmm. just from talking to developers and and even kind of looking at my numbers and seeing you know how many people outside of the U.S. are actually uh, you know watching and enjoying this this content that I put out. 
Uh, so, so there's definitely a hunger for it, and it's good that this thing now has that that map feature that mm-hmm. allows people to see, you know, how who in their area, how far away, uh, you know, is using crawler and looking for players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because sometimes when you look at it, there's places, and I hope I don't get this wrong. I'm not great at geography, but I'm pretty sure when I was looking on the map, um, when you're looking at like time zones, sometimes. Uh, countries that you wouldn't really expect can line up with each other so i think that's also something that can kind of help out there that in different time zones of meeting other people in other countries that if you're just doing a search manually typing things in you might not think to even search there you know so Mm -hmm. so yeah 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 i mean that's something i noticed in in doing the show even uh you know i've had some people who are international and sometimes it doesn't work necessarily i've had a couple interviews fall through because of that um but you know i noticed at at one point i was interviewing someone who was in south korea and what ends up being you know 8 p.m my time uh central standard in the united states is like 11 a.m for south korea so Mm -hmm. that ended up working perfectly with kind of the hours that that this guy worked so it, it ended up not being an issue at all yeah yeah, it's things that uh, I guess because I was just so American focused, I for sure was just like, because when I did um, the math for my program, I, I mostly looked at numbers within the United States. You know, mm-hmm. I came up with the total addressable market according to what was in the U.S. I don't know why I put those blinders on. I just I was in and then it just yeah, it's definitely opened my eyes Um we went to Germany. We had our honeymoon there, and every board game store we went into had tons of figurines. They were really into Warhammer over there, which mm-hmm. I thought was interesting. Like they'd have like some board games at the front, and then you go in the back, and there'd be like two or three rooms just full of minis that you could buy. That sounds like heaven. I need to go to Germany. <laughs> yeah, they're like tiny little section of like board games, but they have like nice ones, like really good ones, but then just nothing but miniatures <laughs> in the back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've had, I've been looking for, like, miniature recommendations online. I, I'm really into my painting. And people will be like, hey, you need to check out this store. And I'm like, this is in German. And they don't <laughs> ship to the U.S. I've and, bought, um, I buy a lot of stuff similar off of Etsy for my board games. I I like to get, like, card holders because I'm into, I play a lot of Lovecraftian games, which have, like, 10 mm-hmm. million cards and pieces. Yep. Um, so, yeah, one of the people i buy from i think they're in the ukraine but yeah same like the instructions came in i was like i don't really know how to read this but it's quality product looks like like you can figure it out but yeah yeah absolutely so when it comes to kind of the features that you're looking at adding there's one thing that really springs to mind immediately uh based on what i've seen there's this kind of growing culture within role-playing of professional dungeon masters people who uh accept money to to run games for people is there any interest in looking into an indication of i'm a professional gm uh you know i'll i'll do this for a price is there any kind of is that something you're interested in incorporating into crawler uh at any point down the line i'm 50 50 on it um, I would say if it was incorporated, it wouldn't be a focus, in my opinion. Okay. Um, I do know, gosh, there's a new service that recently launched that's specifically for taking players and getting them connected with um, GMs and DMs who charge. Mm-hmm. Um, like you sign up, you say, hey, I'm looking. It's similar to Crawler in one sense, except you specifically like 
you go and search it's kind of like angie's list i guess for for dms yeah so possibly um but i i'm 50 50 on it you know it's it's not something that would be a focus of mine yeah and honestly it's something that's somewhat controversial within within D&D right now. There's a lot of people who've been doing this forever. It's, you know, it's what they love to do. They're dungeon masters, and they view this as a hobby. It's purely something that they do for fun, something that they do for their friends, and they would never in a million years dream of charging their friends money for it. But then there are people who have seen what people are able to, you know, do as far as making money, being a professional GM. Um, The gig economy is still as big as it ever was. And there's growing interest in, you know, if I can GM, if people are willing to pay me, I'd absolutely offer up those services. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I can definitely understand not wanting it to be a focus and wanting this to be more of a, more of a place where people can meet socially and, you know, use this as a hobby, use this to relax and meet new people and make friends rather than make money. Yeah. And I mean, nothing against the GMs and DMs who charge money. I think there's, I can, I, I can definitely see, I think it's really good for people who like are curious about it, but they don't have anybody in their friend group who can DM and they're not really sure. Uh, There was someone I was chatting with, I think it was, someone on my business list can't remember their name but um they went to one in san francisco they'd never done it they like hired this guy they said it was just incredible like all this stuff he had set up he had like little potions so it was like just great experience for them so Mm. you know for sure i've no judgment on them whatsoever um but as you said i'm more in just the how can we get people to connect and kind of start start you down the the path of it i want to be really open and friendly to brand newcomers to tabletop as well Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Now, one question that I have, because, and, and this comes up as we talk about professional GMs, the, the reason a professional GM becomes something that's possible is there is a large supply of players, which means a large demand for GM, but there's a very small supply of GMs. Have you noticed that kind of disparity of people who check the willing to GM box on their crawler profile? We definitely get way more players who are coming through. Just in general, you're going to have more people are going to want to come in. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say, yeah, we've seen a bit of a growth in the GM and DM side, um, for sure. Not as huge as the player side, but I'd say, yeah, some stuff coming through. Um, And I encourage people, go out and try it. I DM'd after playing, like, four sessions of D&D because I'm insane. I was like, yeah, I'll just do it. Um, Yeah, we've seen some more people who are wanting to kind of come in. Gotcha. Now, one thing that I, one question that comes to mind, as you mentioned previously, that there are people, you know, kind of looking at this uh, for potential investment opportunities. Theoretically, if a virtual tabletop that's already established, a Roll20 or, you know, any of the other players in that market, if any of them were interested in partnering with you to say, hey, you can use our tools to run your games and you can use Crawler to find your group. Is that something that is that a partnership that you would be interested in forming at some point, whether a full investment or. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, You're good. I'd be I've been talking with um, Alex, who he calls himself our social media human. 
on uh, for crawler. <laughs> yeah. And that's something we've talked about a lot is, you know, I don't want to diversify us like from what we are too big, too quickly. You know, if you scale too large in what you're offering, it can be disastrous. But I think partnering together, it would make sense. Um, and also, you know, there's services that Roll20 can provide that D&D Beyond can provide, or really, we've also talked about a number of small creators as well, who are, um, there's one who's a competitor to Roll20, it's called Encounter Plus. If you guys have iOS systems, he's only on um, Apple products at this time, but beautiful interface. I mean, it's a direct competitor to Roll20, um, but he's like a team of like one guy. So we talked about like, you know, is there a way that we could reach out to like some other smaller teams and just kind of see is there a way we could grow with that of, you know, a bunch of different small creators as well. So interested in the partnering space um, and then interested in also anything that can get us towards actually being on like your mobile device, like an actual app. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. And yeah, I mean, that's that's another natural question that comes up. Um Right now, as it stands, Crawler is a web application. Uh, the site, you know, is it's up for anyone to to look at and, and go ahead and make an account. Uh, but with something like this, there is the question of uh, mobile applications. So when we last talked, you said that was something you were interested in. Uh, how is that side of things coming along uh, as we're looking at 2.0 right now? It's going along really well. Um, since we've now got these different features up and I can still show the interest in the site and the things that we've been getting in coming in on social media, um, we have, I want to say it's in the next week and a half or so, um, we'll be talking with a really big group that's based out of California that they're kind of like angel investors um, who are interested in the product, who want to see, you know, if, if they're interested in it, they would help us kind of get the funding we would need to go to that next step. If that doesn't work out, I have a list of different people who have been great, reached out to me over email, UX designers, kind of everybody that we would need to start doing it on our own grassroots. I've got those people listed out as well. So in a much more stable place than before, before it was kind of like, yeah, I'd like to find something, it would be great. Now we actually have like deadlines that we're talking to with people, things going on there. So I'm really excited making moves there. We've got some other legal stuff that we've taken care of on the side. So all good things coming through. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that sounds great. Um, now, as far as our, our current gaming climate, there's a lot of names that are, you know, kind of becoming influential and becoming D&D &D influencers, as it were. There's, there's a lot of big name A-list people, uh, but there's also people who are just big names in the D&D &D community. Has there been any looking into getting one of those kind of D&D &D influencers to, you know, try out the product and, and really kind of amplify that message as, as it were at this time? Yes. That's something that Alex has been working on. He's got like a list of people that he goes through in messages or sees. He's sent out a couple of like, hey, like, what would it be if we like sponsored an episode that you guys had? If we could, you know, we'll pull funds together from somewhere. Um, yeah, we've definitely had talks around that, which I was more comfortable doing now that the site's in a better place. Mm -hmm. So so yeah, that's that's on our list. If anybody knows of, we've kind of got the ones on our list, but if there's any that jump to mind from anyone, feel free to tweet them to us. Um, so yeah, 
we've we've definitely looked into that angle and i'm hoping we can get picked up somewhere if it's just a retweet just be like hey check this out yeah yeah i mean like it doesn't make much sense for someone like Joe Manganello to throw themselves on on Crawler because you, if you're in that position, you don't want randos uh, trying to to kick down your door and, and play in your D and D game. But someone at the kind of the next tier down, someone who's D and D famous, like a uh, a Satine Phoenix or or someone like that. It seems like they, they'd be able to really kind of get that message out there. Or even someone like uh, Kelly Butler, who's been on the show before. Someone with that kind of influence, uh, who's really entrenched in the RPG world, uh, definitely could, you know, help help you guys make a, a splash or, or something like that. And that, that okay. seems like a very worthwhile uh, step forward. So I'm glad that you guys are looking at that. For sure. Yeah. And any, like I said, any ideas, suggestions, or anyone you hear of, feel free to send them our way. Hmm. I mean, technically speaking, I am a D&D influencer. Exactly. It's just my, my pool of influence <laughs> is not, it's, it's like a little like kitty pool in the backyard compared Still to- Still though, it's good people. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I love my boneheads. You guys are great. And I'm glad that you, you know, stick with me and, and watch this show every week. And I hope every one of you is making a crawler account, regardless of whether or not you're actually looking for a game right now. So as far as um, adding games to what you guys have available right now, I know it's an insurmountable feat to, you know, add every potential system out there and every permutation of every system. But it does look to me like you guys have expanded your library greatly. Uh, so, so what does it look like, the process of adding new games to uh, your, your list here? So a lot of it we've we got from emails of people being like, hey, like I like this system, things that I hadn't heard of before. That I was like, okay, let me go find this. We've we started adding it in like different versions. So we list, for example, because it comes to mind, Dungeons and Dragons. Five yeah. E is current, but you can select Dungeons and Dragons if you're looking for anybody who'll play it, or you can say, hey, I want to look for three point five E, four E. So that was something we added into the system as well, was anywhere that we could identify an RPG that had like different editions in it, tried to put those in as well as just kind of like a core to help people find those. Um, what we've been working on that I'm probably just going to, my idea is to make it like a, a Google Doc that people can edit, is working our way down the Board Game Geek list of everything. There's mm-hmm. like 800 titles, but I'm like, if I do... 200 a day at some point (laughs) i can get through so that's kind of a lot from feedback some googling you know just looking over you know the giants in the space who kind of help put all of that stuff together Hmm. yeah and i i imagine that's one thing that's really helpful in creating an application for this particular hobby uh there's a lot of good resources out there online that you know kind of help people you know, find games and, and find, you know, what's popular, what people are interested in. So there's a lot of resources like Board Game Geek, uh, even even Twitch, where you can see, mm-hmm. you know, what's popular streaming. Um, you can, uh, you know, you can see what all is, uh, you know, what's popular and what needs to be added. And yes, definitely, uh, <laughs> Pomonix, you, you gotta you gotta stick spaceships and star worms on there because that is okay. uh, that. That's popular. Are you familiar with that system? I am not. And see, that's also where like my ignorance comes in. And I definitely don't pretend to be like the end all be all. 
Um, so yeah, I've, I, people mention stuff. They're like, oh, like this is super popular, and I'm like, okay, I'll add it in. I didn't know <laughs> when I started. I honestly was like, yeah, there's like five main systems because I was a little novice with an idea and then didn't go. So yes, space worms and what? Spaceships and star worms. Spaceships uh, and star worms. Right. Yeah. So so basically, what that is, and, and this also serves as a commercial for uh, next Monday, because I'll be having uh, the the devs on to talk about it. It's it's made by a company called Hope Punk Press, and it is a 5th edition rework, retooling to fit a sci-fi setting. Sick. Yeah, so so basically... Oh, thank you, social media human. Oh, is it Alex? Yep. Yeah, Alex is in chat saying that... Uh, <laughs> what up, Alex? He's, he's going to get the, the Google Doc tweeted out so Pomonix can add that. Uh, but yeah, Spaceships hey. and Star Worms. Um, it's 5th edition in space with a few added features. They added a ship combat uh, rule set. They've got a couple different uh, classes that you can play that are you know specific to their setting, new races, all that. It's a, it's a thick book. Uh, I'd I'd pick it up, but it's all the way over there. It's it's like a phone book sized. Oh wow! Thing that they put out, and it really is extensive, and it's great. That's dedication mm-hmm. for sure, absolutely. But yeah, and and one thing I'll need to jump on that uh, that Google Doc here in just a little bit once once the episode uh, is is over because there's a couple things. Um, I'm not seeing any of the Forged in the Dark games on there uh, unless. Adam M. Yep. I don't yeah, so I, I don't recall definitely... typing them, so probably mm-hmm. probably not. Yeah, and that's that was like getting these like the map features and everything out, that's where I was like, okay, I gotta do this. Uh second on my list was all right, we gotta spend more time getting these different games in. Um, for sure. Cause anything I've I've yet to hit a limit in the number of stuff I can add to those lists. So mm-hmm. uh we'll just we'll keep adding stuff in. Um yeah. so yeah. Sweet. Yeah. I'm hoping we can crowdsource it, get things together, and I have a way of finding duplicates and taking those out. So that's kind of what I was thinking. I was like, that'd be an easy way to just kind of get it going, and then we can slowly type in the others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Now, now, one other thing, and this is an extra level of granularity that maybe uh, will need to be worked out in the messaging when when a DM meets players uh, but is there any potential for adding, I've got these modules that I can run? Uh, is that something that you guys are looking at at all? That's a really great idea. Um, no, I haven't thought about adding that into the core site. Um, that project I kind of mentioned on the side for helping DMs with campaigns meet other people, that could come into play there for sure. I've got that jotted down over there. But that's a really great point for the the profile side because I've got um, we redid the tabs on the user section hmm. to it really broaden it out. People wanted to add more information, and that could easily fit in under our, our games tag. So, super great idea. I'll jot that down. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, even moving beyond like the specifics, like you know, I, I'm gonna run Lost Minds of Fandelver for anyone who's new. Uh, mm-hmm. I can I can run that introductory adventure for you guys or i want to run a fifth edition update of the red hand of doom or Mm -hmm. uh even beyond specific um games i know there are multiple modules uh, a lot of them put out by my good friends at frog god 
that kind of transcend specific game systems. So, you know, if you've got people who are really into, and I'll use them again because I already mentioned them, Frog God Games modules, uh, but maybe some people play Pathfinder, some people play 5th Edition, some people play Swords and Wizardry, uh, it, it would be cool if you could indicate, uh, you know, like w- which versions you're familiar with and, and can run, uh, you know, for things that transcend specific uh, rule sets. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. I love that. Cool. But yeah, I mean, so far, everything that I've seen here uh, that you guys have added has been pretty cool. Um, you know, just looking at... I've got my profile pulled up here uh, that I'm referencing. Uh, this this tab that you've got here, you know, you have your profile picture. You can indicate your age and your location, obviously. Um, but then you've got the about section. That's where you talk about what you can do, how you like to play, all that kind of stuff. Uh, personal details, game environment, where you can talk about, you know, what kind of gaming environment you like. I imagine that's, I prefer online, I prefer in person. Yeah, that's a mixture of it, as well as, you know, if you're going to meet, let's say you're going to meet in person, everybody's different when you're talking over the internet, you don't know someone's specific situation. We had a lot of people who are like, hey, if I meet somebody and I want to go play with them, I use a wheelchair. Like, what if they live up a flight of stairs and there's no elevator? Mm-hmm. You know, so for example, you can put in there, you know, I, I need to, if we're meeting in person, you got to have a wheelchair, or we, like it must be wheelchair accessible, or it needs to be near public transportation, or no dogs, I'm allergic to them. Like we input a lot of stuff where I don't want drinking or smoking involved, um, prefer not to have kids, like it's all optional, you can go through, fill out what you want, fill out what you don't want. But it's just kind of another way for if you're trying to figure out who would be a good match to, to play with just kind of seeing like what it is they're going to expect versus what others would expect. You know, you sit down at a table, even if it's online and everyone's like drinking and cursing, that might not be your bag. And you might have wanted to know that like going into it. So that's part of the game environment as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and one thing that we have here um, that that's really interesting, especially with a platform like this, where you're interacting with strangers is the sensitive issues tab. Um because not everyone plays the same type of game. Some people will run a very lighthearted game where there, you know, not a lot of kind of darker real world issues show up. Some people like to address the, the darker seedier side of, you know, what can happen in a game. So having a tab here with, you know, a system of, you know, what you're comfortable with is, is definitely a, a vital resource for anyone that's going to be meeting up with strangers to play a role-playing game. Yeah, I think we've all heard the horror stories. I know they've gone around when people are at conventions if they sit down with a DM and then terrible stuff that just is traumatizing as heck gets thrown out on the table and people are like, whoa, 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 hang on. Um, so on that tab, it was recommended to us um, by a user on Twitter. I cannot remember their username, but I asked, I was like, hey, what would make, like, what do you guys need as a resource to make it so that you would feel more comfortable playing with somebody. And this guy sent me a DM and was like, hey, I use this list. It's from Monty Cook Games. I do mm-hmm. link them at the bottom of that tab. Um, 
so that everybody can see it. Because if you go there, they have a free downloadable PDF version of what you guys see on the crawler tab. You can download it, edit it, and like send it to your DM if you decide you want to play with them. Um, yeah, I thought it was just a great system. I adapted what they had, put it in on the site, linked them to it, because I'd never seen it before. And when I saw it, I was just like, light bulbs went off, you know? Mm -hmm. And even if you're not playing a role-playing game, it can still, like, those themes can come up in other different types of games as well. So it's kind of definitely more tailored to the role-playing space, but also has a little bit of relevance to just regular tabletop players as well. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that that ends up being kind of a complicated issue at a lot of tables um, because I personally, as a dungeon master, don't want to make anyone uncomfortable at my table, don't want to confront them with anything they don't want to be confronted with and as a player i don't want to be put in positions where i feel uncomfortable um but there comes an issue where if that stuff is not handled up front uh before any dice are rolled any characters are generated when it comes up uh you know if if you're a dm springing the stuff on your players without telling them uh, you can't be surprised if someone at the table ends up having objections. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, again, if you as a player are, you know, going to play a really edgy character or, you know, try to do something or, you know, you're looking for something specific outside uh, or something specific in your role playing games and you just kind of spring that on your dungeon master Again, you can make someone really uncomfortable and it makes for an awkward evening. Yeah, it really, it really, really does. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, that's what I, I really liked about that form is it's kind of like preemptive as well. Like before we all sit down, that way the DM's not having to like give something away. You know, like if you've started the session or anything, mm -hmm. like it can just be upfront. So I thought, I it yeah, I was like, I was like, I'm saving this <laughs> for when I start writing other sessions because I that'll just ruin it. You know, you might like everybody there, but if that starts going, then, you know, it's just, it turns it into a bad environment for everybody, which that's not the experience anyone wants. Mm -hmm. And you also, you know, with having this list of, you know, I'm cool with this, I'm cool with that, I'm not cool with this, um, it prevents kind of the, the peer pressure that can happen at the table where mm -hmm. even if, you know, you're like me and you say to the players beforehand, I'm comfortable with this. Are you guys comfortable with this? If you see everyone raise their hands, but you're kind of iffy on it, you don't suddenly feel pressure to say, yeah, I'm cool with that. It's already stated. It's already out there that, you know, that that might be a sensitive issue for you. So mm -hmm. the, the GM doesn't have to feel like you're blindsiding them with something when they thought it was already a settled issue. Yeah, and they can keep it private between you and the player as well. Mm -hmm. You know, if they're just someone seeing it, then no one else at the table has to, you know, that way they're not having to, like, explain themselves. Because, um, yeah, I'm one that I would never, I would be very upset if I was playing a game and, like, sexual abuse was just thrown into it. I would be like, whoa, 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 hang on. Mm -hmm. Why is this a thing? So, like, and that, like, hit home for me. I was like, well, yeah, how can we, you know, can get that out there? So, yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. I think it's. Bravo. Thank you, Monty Cook Games, for that awesome, awesome template. Yeah. Just free. You can download it. You should. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And, and just again, I will remind everyone uh, out there who, who is watching or listening that as a GM, if you ever end up at one of my tables 
or you know play a game with me that that I'm running. Uh, just a hard and fast rule: I will not have sex with your character. Just as a blanket. I am fine with you trying to bed someone and, you know, fade to black. I will not have sex with your character, though. That is that is my line in the sand. I work those things out with characters on the side. Yeah. Like, if we have NPCs come in and, like, you can tell, like, a player is interested in them, like, we'll have, like, a one-on-one conversation. I'll be like, would you be interested in this going anywhere? Like, should I add them into more scenes? Like, things like that. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> wouldn't, like, force somebody in you know for sure Mm -hmm. gotta keep those in mind absolutely and there was even a situation that came up i'm running a dark sun game right now i don't know if you're uh familiar with that particular setting i've heard of it i haven't played in it but i have heard of it Mm -hmm. so basically it's a kind of like sword and sandal Conan the Barbarian meets Mad Max type setting that showed up in second edition for Dungeons and Dragons and then again in fourth edition. Um, Basically, magic has a cost. That cost is the life around you. Um, At some point, there were these very powerful sorcerers who drained the world of resources to amass a great amount of power and their uh, careless use of magic caused most of the world to be a desert wasteland and even made the resource of metal extremely rare. Hmm. So it's about as grimdark as a D&D setting can be. Uh, there's a lot of moral ambiguity. Uh, slave trades are active in this world. All kinds of kind of sensitive, edgy issues... Uh, that that can be got into with this world. And so that's kind of the expectation that I put out there for my players. Uh, But we got into a situation that could have been awkward, but the player handled it very well, in which his uh, psionicist character uh, was was basically trying to... Have you seen the movie Demolition Man? I have not. Okay. um, There's a scene in that movie where Sandra Bullock invites Sylvester Stallone back to her place and she asks if he wants to have sex and then she breaks out these two helmets and it's basically this like psychic thing because touching is not allowed anymore in the future that they live in. Helmets? Yeah. Uh, Like metal helmets? Yes. Yeah. Bike helmets? Okay. Yeah. Like Cerebro (laughs) from X-Men. Okay. There we go. Oh, wow. And so it was it was a situation like that where, uh, you know, one of the players was like, I'm going to I'm going to do this. And I was immediately I I didn't know this person very well. So I was like, oh, okay. He handled it very well, though. So it it ended up being fine. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, it's definitely good to to have all those sensitive issues out there in the open to to work with. And I'm glad that, you know, that was an update that you guys have have made so far. Yeah, I was, I'm so glad that person sent that DM because it really was like a light bulb went off in my head. I was like, well, shoot, this is, this lines up with everything that I want the site to be and kind of what I think about what our, you know, what our goals are. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Now, in addition to the profiles, uh, what what you have here uh, on, on the site right now, there, there's a group creator, which we've alluded to a little bit. Um, 
it basically allows you to kind of, you know, keep track of your players and communicate with them, uh, which, again, is a, a great idea for something like this. Yes, we improved it a bit. It's still an imperfect system. It's definitely one of those I would circle it and say needs improvement for sure. Mm -hmm. However, what we added in this time around is the ability to sort your groups into I am, you know, we're players looking for a DM or GM. Maybe you already have a friend group you regularly play with and you're trying to find someone who is actively in the market to run a campaign. So you could post a group like that. People could go through and look. Um, then you have the inverse. You can also be a DM or GM who is looking for a game, can make a group and try to find people. And that's the part that we're looking at. How can we transform that process to make it more, uh, I guess, easier, like more natural that you would do, like more logically that you'd want to go like, what's like a form, things that you could fill out. So that's kind of where we're trying to evolve that into how can we make this system serve the purpose we really want it to kind of fill that need but yes you can make groups chat with people they it like group chat there's different privacy levels so multi multi-functional tool that we are looking to better refine mm -hmm. yeah and and one thing that group functionality i feel like has a great application for is if anyone who is using this platform wants to do a west marches style game uh which how familiar are you with that style of, of play? Keep asking me, no, I'm not. Man, everyone's going to be like, does she even play games? I promise <laughs> I do. I <It's>, promise. <laughs> I was not familiar with this until Matt Colville did a video on it, but basically the idea of a West Marches game is you have a very large group, uh, like I think eight people at a minimum up to, I, I think some groups run with like 20 people, um, sometimes multiple dungeon masters, and basically you have this big open world with lots of objectives and different things that can happen. It's less narrative-driven. It's more sandboxy huh. than than even a sandbox D&D game with like four to six players is. And the idea is the players talk amongst themselves, find out what their characters want to do, what kind of objectives they're looking to go after, get with the dungeon master and say, hey, we want to explore this area of the map, and then those people splinter off and do a session where they go after that objective. Hmm. Interesting. And no, so I had heard of that before. That seems a lot for a DM. My brain is like, yeah, mm -hmm. you would need multiple people probably or at least one really good note taker <laughs> yeah definitely i i've heard some people talk about running it i've contemplated something like that because i have a lot of people in my life who are like hey i'd like to play this game or i'm looking for a game right now and i have very limited time uh so it, it might be something worth investigating at some point on my mm -hmm. end but the feature that you have here where you can set up these groups um, and have people talking within them, I feel like that makes a West Marches style game easier. Yeah, that way people can collaborate, get in together. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Neat. Yeah, I have to look absolutely. into that. I once, D the largest group I ever DM'd for, I think we were 10 people. That was a lot. Mm -hmm. That was a lot of people. Yeah, and they all drank. It turned into <laughs> badness. <laughs> just, oof. They'd walk into town and they'd be like, yeah, I'm just going to 
fight that guy, I'd be like, that's the nice merchant. They're like, yeah, I, I rolled to hit him. I'm like, <laughs> how many Miller Lights have you had? Okay. I have run... Deduct that from your score. <laughs> I have run for, like, 10 to 11 rowdy people all trying to just kind of wreak havoc in, in an old west town because uh, we were running Deadlands at the time. I've run for a group of nine people where one player was drunk, but I can't imagine running a game for 10 drunk people. It was uh, wild. Yeah, it was it was nuts. And at some point, either pizza or Taco Bell would get ordered and it was it was a whole thing. And I was like writing the campaign, which meant I would show up like that night and be like, I right, just going to figure out what we're going to do here. Uh, at one point, they like got farther ahead than I thought they would. And so I had them. I was listening to the Undertale soundtrack when I was getting ready. So I had them fight like Sans from mm -hmm. Undertale because I was like, here you go. You're in the sewers, whatever. Yeah, it was wild. It was definitely one of those like if you're a hard if you're a hardcore rule, rule player or a traditionalist, you would hate my sessions um very like fun is the number one thing i go after so even though they were nuts and they killed everything uh they actually were collecting as, as gross as it sounds everything they killed they would ask me if it had a um a scrotum that they could cut off and take with them every enemy <laughs> because they collected them in a bag and used it to intimidate people oh my god at least they weren't <laughs> like making jewelry out of it or anything like that um... Oh, One made a necklace. Someone make a necklace? So, oh, God. So, yeah, that was, that was, because then that's a whole other thing I'd have to look up before we started. I'd have to, like, make notes, like, okay, like, would this, Anna, like, my Google search for this sketch. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I I can definitely, having, having been drunk in my lifetime, uh, I, I can definitely imagine a state of mind in which a, a sack of sacks is funny, but... Yeah, as a as a dungeon master, I can imagine that that being particularly nightmarish, especially <laughs> if you're someone who's very by the book, very rules as written. I had to figure it out. I was like, well, I guess the more you get in there, the more intimidating it would be. Your modifier would probably right, like you know, mm -hmm. you see one, you're like, eh. You see like twenty, you're like, good god. <laughs> so, a whole thing, a whole thing. Yeah, I thought it'd be a one session thing. Nope. Every time they downed an enemy, the bag. <laughs> oh, so this was not even just one session. This was like, oh, a, this, no, this, this was, was a recurring. <laughs> this was recurring. Yes. Oh, goodness. Did did they ever come up with a name for their party based on their their antics? Um, They just called themselves murder hobos. OK. And I agreed with them. It was me. And then like, yeah, I think it was like 10 guys. All all dudes having a drink, eating some pizza collecting nice things from you know Faerun so now now were you like per participating in the drinking was it like buzz dm with drunk players or was I it mean... like a <laughs> yeah so okay. so we um the space that we played in there was a mini fridge at the i sat at one end of the table there's a mini fridge at the other end of the table and they knew when stuff was going to happen when I would be like, okay, can someone pass me a white claw? And like everybody <laughs> at the table is like, all right, the claw's out. Jackie mm -hmm. is going to like, there's no, no, because I, I get competitive when <laughs> I've been like, because usually like when I'm DMing, I want everyone to have a good time. And I do. But um, yeah, I definitely kind of get to that point in combat where I'd be like, 
I don't know. Like I, I would just get excited about actually hitting characters because a lot of times I hit them and I'm like, ooh, sorry to do all that damage to you, and then I'd be like, haha, you take thirty <laughs> damage. What up, next person? So, uh, so yeah, mm-hmm. it goes both yep. ways. Yeah. So, so after smashing six white claws, you are throwing a tarask at them, and they're trying to find the tarask's joy department. Yeah, I, I I was sober when I wrote this, but I did throw a mummy lord at some people. That was quite an uh, an adventure. But uh, but yeah, so depends where where it also depends on how prepared I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. See, one time, uh, and he was actually on the show last week. Uh, my my friend Sean, who runs a Star Trek Adventures game for uh for me and some other people once a month, uh. Our first session, our session zero, where he was uh, basically explaining how the game works to us, uh, at some point he ate uh, what he calls a magic gummy bear. I will let people infer uh, what they will from that. He ate a whole one rather than half of one. Oh. And uh, (laughs) decided to power through it. That's incredible. (laughs) That's amazing. Just... Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it it did not help matters that his his girlfriend, uh, who who was also playing and you know still is playing in that campaign, named her Starfleet officer Scoot McHarry, as a takeoff on uh, the name of actor Scoot McNary. And she really, this was her first role playing game, I think. Um, and so she was really trying to figure out kind of the the limits of what she could do and what had to be described and stuff like that. So you've got someone who's very, very high trying to explain to someone who's never played a role-playing game before how to play a role-playing game. That's, uh, that's, that's A plus mm-hmm. right there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oof. That's incredible, honestly. Yep. And... When when I when I DM and I got this from the very first person who ever DM'd for me, not not Muhammad. If anyone from my uh, kind of first regular group is listening, uh, because Muhammad does not drink, uh, but I played a couple sessions with this guy who said he likes to have one to two drinks when he DMs just to open his creativity and kind of drop the inhibitions a little bit. And so once I started drinking. I started kind of adopting the notion of I'll have a drink or two when I DM just so I'm a little bit more loose, a little bit more relaxed. Uh, But I could not imagine trying to run a session drunk, especially knowing what drunk me is like. (laughs) Yeah, it's something, especially if it's like everybody at the table that I'm just like, oh, okay, (laughs) this is this has become utter chaos. This is this is nuts. But it's all, you know, it all depends on what experience people are there for, you know, because mm-hmm. sometimes, I mean, you have some of the best memories from just when things go completely bananas. I've uh, been playing Waterdeep Dragon Heist with my group lately, <laughs> and we have hit just uh, Volo, you know, who wrote the Volo's guy. He's their indentured servant now. Like, <laughs> it's a whole thing. Um, yeah. Like, it, it's just gone pretty, pretty cuckoo out of there. Um, mm-hmm. But we're all, like, 
just down to have a good time. Like that's just how my groups usually are. And I just, I love it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if we're all laughing to me, that's a good session. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And I've played that module before. It's a ton of fun. Uh, but <laughs> Volo is the, Volo is the group's indentured servant uh, is definitely a new twist on on the world of Waterdeep. They didn't like that he couldn't pay them, <laughs> so they won on some like nat twenty persuasion checks. That I was like, oh my God. so yeah, he works for them now in the tavern. <sighs> Had to make up all this stuff about Folo. I was like, he's supposed to exit at the end of chapter one, but all right, here's your man. Mm-hmm serving drinks yeah he's he's just revising that monster's guide to just talk he crap is. about them <laughs> he's in there learning some good things about the poltergeist that haunts it <laughs> so yep that's me i was like there's nothing on the book of what do they do if they make him an indentured servant see in in our group's uh running of that <laughs> <laughs> Don't touch the figs. Listen, he owed money. He's working it off. It's legal. <laughs> That's Sabella. She's the, pa I want it known. She's the paladin in the group. Lawful good. <laughs> Lawful good. And she was like, well, legally. <laughs> Just, you know, you know, whole thing. <laughs> Took the oath of bitch better have my money. <laughs> I, I mean, he did promise them. I think like, it, what's it say? It's like 100 gold pieces each. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, here's this crappy tavern that's haunted. <laughs> Enjoy. And they were like, oh, no, 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 no. I know. Oh. <laughs> See, in the in the version that I played, which we, I mean, we ran through the module, but it was very, very kind of loose as far as referring back to the main story. Mm -hmm. uh, the poltergeist was our bartender. Nice. <laughs> they appeased him. I might yeah. have to, I wondered, like, what we should do with him, but, uh, but yeah, they fixed the whole bar up. We went pretty traditional with him. I, I did have him pinned as, like, might come back to him. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. sick. Yeah, he, he ended up being our, our bartender. I came into that campaign a little bit late. Um, it, it had already started when, when I jumped in, uh, but I was playing a, uh, kind of urban bounty hunter, uh, Ranger Gloomstalker named Kieran Devitt. And nice. basically my, my ultimate goal was, well, one, to find out what happened to my my real parents and my adopted parents. I had two sets of dead parents. Wow. Uh, for, for maximum Double edge. Batman. Yes. Never go double Batman. Nope. It did provide the, the dungeon master with a lot to work with. I, I wanted to give... When I when I give a backstory to my dungeon master, I want to give them lots of opportunities to hook me into what they have planned. So I wanted there to be uh, some big gaps in my story. For this was not Cromwell. Cromwell Pomonix. Cromwell only has one set of dead parents. His dad's evil. That's a whole separate thing. Uh, Kieran Kieran has two sets of dead parents though. And Dang. and I wanted to give that those gaps there for uh, the dungeon master to work with. But what ended up happening was basically, in my mind, Kieran was going to take down the ultimate bounty in Waterdeep. He was going to drag Xanathar's dead body in front of the open lord and say, pay me. 
but it never came to that. I was like, I know the way to get to. I was like, dang, that'd be a lot of things to get through. But did, did he get close? Now, our story ended up diverting quite a bit from there. So we didn't. Xanathar played a very, very small role in that he was around. He was a presence, mm -hmm. but we never dealt with him. We never mm -hmm. encountered many of his people. And he was never an antagonist to us. So I, I was not able to be like, all right, who's going to give me the like 500 platinum that this guy's worth? <laughs> what, uh, what season was it? Like what time of year? Uh, like in real world or in the game? In the game. Because uh, what I like about Waterdeep is that in that one, specifically the Dragon Heist, is there's four different villains depending on which season you play in. You yep. can obviously like change it, but I thought I thought that was super dope. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm not sure what season we were in. Um, our, our main antagonist was the Growlhoon family, and I don't know if that's... Okay, that's that's ours, and, mm -hmm. and Sabella's watching, so... Gotcha. Not too much on it. Yeah. Curious, yeah, cool. Yeah, right. I won't. I won't never, yeah, I won't. Won't get too much into it. But Pomonics and chat. Uh, this was a game that I did not play in, and this was actually in Storm King's Thunder rather than Waterdeep. Um, but they had a chaos sorcerer who cast one of the spells that causes you to roll in the wild magic table, and they were using an expanded. Uh, spell or a wild magic table so he rolls and what comes up is the nearest city is hit by a tsunami and floods and the nearest city at the time just happened to be water deep so water deep is deep Literally. underwater in that <laughs> version of storm king's thunder it happens you know just the the goddess of the sea got mad and just whoosh. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's, and oof. yeah, I, I was not there for that one. There were multiple, multiple things that happened uh, with that group in their games that they say would not have happened if I had been there. I, I was very much kind of the, the grounding force in that group with my characters because I played very grounded, very sensible uh, characters who were very kind of purpose driven. And then I, I left, moved to Tennessee, got married. They continued playing their games. And in one of the games, they split the party across dimensions, like separate realities. And then in the other game, they flooded water deep. <laughs> so I'm still, I'm getting used to splitting parties. I still consider myself a baby DM and yeah, I'm having to be like, okay, we're doing this. I got to make sure everybody gets equal attention here. We're all doing things together. Different dimension. I mean, that's, yeah. Did they ever, you know, connect? I think they came back together. Pomonics, you'll have to, you'll have to tell me how that ended up here in chat. Uh, but what Pomonics has pointed out here, this is a D10,000 table. Uh, which apparently goes all the way up to if you roll a 10,000, the nearest star explodes. So you can cause some crazy mumbo jumbo to happen with this expanded uh, chaos table. Bring the uh, age sure of the dinosaurs comes back. <laughs> New Ice Age. And then you can have like a whole ice campaign. Mm -hmm. 
And so apparently, apparently it took a while for them to, to reconnect. And, uh, apparently they almost died trying to, to get through these mirror portals, but they, they managed it and, and they pulled it out. So. Wow. Nice. I don't know why it just makes me laugh that they were able to do that, but there was one time my group had to get into a pipe that was like 10 feet off the ground and every single person, like <laughs> ones or twos on their, on their acrobatic. It was the, this was the funniest thing in the world. So I can't imagine interdimensional travel. The, the pipe 10 feet up was, that was <laughs> tough. Yeah, I mean, th there's a thing going around online where if you really want to mess with your players and, and put in puzzles that will just, like, mess with their minds, you look up puzzles for second graders, and you create these, like, really simple puzzles, and then they'll spend an hour and a half arguing about, well, it can't be that easy. <laughs> there was one time I I was so proud of this this thing that I had come up with. I was so certain it was going to be tough. You had to go up to a statue that had like a little bowl and you had to cut yourself and put the blood in it. And I was like, it's going to take a while. No, my husband sees the statue and he's like, oh, there's a bowl. I'm going to go cut myself and put the blood in it. I was like, <laughs> and then simple things though. Yeah. They would just be like, what do we do here? I don't understand. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Good point. I'll have to look up those puzzles. Cause yeah, I spent like forever. I was so proud of it. Like 10 seconds. Hmm. Although I, I, I can't, I can't throw too much shade at that at that type of player because I, at one point, we were confronted with this puzzle where there were multiple uh, colored orbs. And if you, you had to do a certain thing, I believe you had to, like, shoot fire at the red orb. But if you touched them, uh, it dealt damage. It dealt damage of a certain type. And for some reason, after that happened and someone got hit with a sacred flame for touching the red orb. I said, I don't know where this came from. I said, let's touch all the orbs at the same time. And fortunately, I was talked down from this. So, uh, yeah, that what what would have happened if you had touched all of them at the same time? Would, like, would that star have imploded off the 10,000 table? The, the GM said we would have taken damage from all of the orbs all at the same time we might have died um i i don't remember how much those things hurt i remember it being somewhat significant for the level that we were at though so i Oof. my suggestion could have killed everyone you know it's like your mom says if all your friends are gonna touch the orbs does that mean that you have to touch the orbs <laughs> well yeah because all, all my friends are gone now I wasn't invited to touch the orbs, Mom. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't get invited to those kind of parties, Mom. <laughs> don't have to worry about it. Cool. Well, well, Jackie, we are at the end of our time here. Uh, it's been great to reconnect with you and talk a little bit about uh, Crawler 2.0 and, and what this platform is going to look like moving forward. Um, is there anything else you want to say about what's being added or you know, what's coming in the immediate future that we haven't already touched on? Not really that I can think of. Uh, throwing it out there, any small creators, like if you've got your own RPG that you're writing or you've got a tabletop shop, like anything like that, please reach out. Um, I would love to find ways to really help those small creators in this space. Um, I'm looking to also expand my 
tabletop RPG experience out from, you know, the the giant the giant ones that tend to be played. So uh so not really a like new feature coming on my side, but just anything there, totally open to it. Would love to kind of help get more eyes on that stuff. Because I know those work so hard on all of it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I know several of you who are out there probably watching this who've been on before, uh, definitely hit up Jackie. You can see her Twitter handle on on the screen here. Um, we can definitely get some RPGs into some more hands using, you know, partnerships with this platform. Cool. So, Jackie, uh, as is traditional on Rolling Bones, I will turn it over to you to promote anything you've got to promote. Tell people where they can find you guys on social media and and everything that they can do to get involved in using Crawler right now. Go for it. Yeah. So if you guys want to check us out at the site, it's uh, C-R-A-W-L-R dot app. Um, go there, check it out. Got a whole nice new layout. Give it a good look. Uh, all of our social links are down there, so I won't talk too much about those. But we do have a Patreon now. If you guys are interested in helping us pay the bills, would super appreciate it. Uh, everything right now, we're paying out of pocket. Uh, we do have some really great supporters, but not quite making enough to uh, like cut even. So anything that comes through is super great. I appreciate all of it. Like I see like a dollar come through sometimes, and like it brings a tear to my eye because it's like people care, you know. So anything like that would be just awesome i know 2020 is tough though so i hate asking but if there's anyone out there who's looking to back someone on patreon we have one absolutely well boneheads thank you so much for tuning in to rolling bones this evening uh just to let you know what's coming up for anyone who is confused as to why we did not do a character creation stream on saturday my sister came to town uh, it was kind of a last-minute thing, so I took Saturday off to spend some time with her. Uh, so this Saturday, what we're going to be doing, I'm going to be making corned beef hash. We'll be talking about Irish breakfast, probably make some Irish coffee too, and we will be using that particular uh, time to create a uh, kind of Cromwell McGuen 2.0 what I would have done if I had access to Xanathar's Guide to Everything when I created Cromwell. Um, basically, we're, we're going to be building a better Cromwell, uh, taking a look at different options to make a, you know, a good dex-based fighter skirmisher type character, uh, a Dritz Duwarden clone for anyone who, you know is into the Forgotten Realms books. That's what we'll be doing on Danishes and Dragons this Saturday at 9 a.m. Central. And uh, as I already mentioned, this time next Monday, we will be speaking to the people behind Hope Punk Press, talking specifically about spaceships and starworms. I'm excited to have that conversation, hear a little bit more about, you know, what they have in mind for the setting moving forward, and just talking about this gigantic volume of awesomeness Yes, Pomonix, I, I definitely hope you're able to tune in next week because, you know, you're the one who got me into the setting in the first place. Uh, but that's what we'll be doing next week. In the meantime, though, if you rolled a 1 or you rolled a 20, I'm so glad that you rolled your bones with me, Ryan Howard, and I'll see you next time. <laughs>